Hey, welcome back to Buttered Popcorn, um, where I talk about some movies that I like. It's so windy outside today. I have felt like my apartment is just going to crumble into pieces because I looked it up and it was gusts up to 65 miles per hour. And I was like, that does sound like a lot. See, I'm not good at like knowing like... Is that super fast or what? Like, for wind? Like, I know you can drive 65 miles per hour, but, like, for wind, is that, like, super fast? Apparently it is. Apparently it really is because power lines have been going down. There's been, like, the whole lot. The weather here has just been... I guess it's, like, preparing us for spring. It seems like the time in, like... Right when spring is about to start, the weather's like, hold on, let me give you this last little bit of awfulness, and then we'll start beautiful spring, and then we'll have some tornadoes. So, anyway, enough enough about the weather. I actually love talking about the weather to people for some reason. I just like talking about the weather. Um, I'm just different. Okay. And it's also about 800 degrees in here, it feels like. So that's really awesome. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Pride and Prejudice from 2005. And... It took me a while to prepare for this because I was like, I don't want to butcher this. I want to, like, give this movie some, like, I want to do it justice. So I hope I do it some justice because I would quite literally call this the perfect movie. And for some reason, as I'm seeing on here, it only has... An 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever. So, I haven't seen the 95 version of this movie. Um, because I'm like, this is the only version there is. I know there are a lot of people that prefer that one. But I grew up watching the 2005 one. And it's quite literally, it brings something out in me that, like, I just can't, like, it had me, like, the whole time. It's so good. It's so beautiful. It's so, just, like, everything about it is perfect in my eyes. Everything about it. I've read the book and I actually saw the movie before I read the book um and well I had I think I had read the book when I was like younger I for some reason can't remember if we read it in school but I don't think we did but um I read it like a year or two ago and it was also perfect I would love to reread it because it's like you know, Jane Austen's writing is, like, you know, kind of hard to read these days, but it's, like, 
I started like thinking in the wording that they use, like the 18th century, late 18th century writing. <laughs> anyway, so this movie stars Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Okay. The two perfect. And also, I feel like we should mention Rosamund Pike because she's also amazing in this movie. We need to talk about Kira Knightley for a minute. Okay, Kira Knightley, she was just born to play in period pieces. That was just what she was meant to do, I think, because. I've watched her in a few period pieces. I also love Atonement. Atonement is... <sighs> Atonement's also a great movie that we may be talking about sometime in the future if I remember because my list of movies right now is like 500. But she's just so amazing in period pieces. I watched her recently in... I think it was called Begin Again. Yeah. And I thought the movie was good. Like, I was like, yeah, okay. But there's just something about... And I she had an American accent, didn't she? Or no, she British. See, I don't even remember. I, like, watch so much that everything just, like, molds together in my head. Um. But anyway, she was just made... This movie has me giggling, kicking my feet, screaming into a pillow, like, it's really, it's really, and, like, the girls that get it, get it, because I know, like, there is a cult following of this movie, and I'm one of them, I'm one of them, um, so, I guess we'll get into it, um, so basically like the synopsis is she she elizabeth she starts falling for this man who she is sworn to loathe forever and her mother's trying to marry off these five sisters and yeah that's basically it because i was like looking up different synopsis synopses and i was like which one should i use because they'll each focus on different parts of the story which I think is kind of interesting but you know we'll just get into all of it so I have like nine pages of notes and it's a lot it's a lot happening here there's a lot happening so yeah so Elizabeth she lives with her four sisters who her mom is trying to get married off her mom like it's not just like, oh, like, I hope you get married one day, daughter, or like, give me some grandkids, like, type thing. No, it's like, this is the only thing on Mrs. Bennett's mind, is getting her five daughters married off. Like, this is her life goal, and none of them are married off yet. They're all out in society. I think that's the wording for it, where they're, like, all out to, like, be, could be married off. 
because sometimes usually the older sister would be and then it would like go down and then like the older sister would get married off and then they would let the younger sister like and so on if I say something like incorrect then just like brush it off because like I think I know these things and then I may say like something incorrect but we'll just go along with it you know um so this is set so if I'm not mistaken the book is set in like the late the late 1700s early 1800s and the movie they're kind of set during I was trying to figure out like when exactly they were set it's like late late 1700s and then early 1800s because there's like a quite a bit of time that like passes in it um see I didn't look up the facts because I was too focused on like the feelings so I just kind of tried to remember the facts because I really want to get into like the feeling this movie gives because like you could look up the facts anytime but I just want want to get across like how it made me like really feel so um so basically it starts out you know there's a ball and she meets Mr. Darcy she meets Elizabeth meets Mr. Darcy he's very standoffish quiet I would call him shy um he's very rich though very rich and the Bennets they are not not rich at all um so they're trying to like another part of this is like they're trying to get married off to like rich men um which is still a thing these days like who wouldn't who wouldn't want to marry a rich man, you know? That's like, you know. But then it was like, you really want to marry a rich man. So, Jane, who is Elizabeth's older sister, she's the eldest. She also meets Mr. Bingley, who is, like, obsessed with her. He's infatuated with her, like, immediately. And it's kind of sweet. Like, he's, like, very outwardly, like, Everyone knows that he's obsessed with her, but she's a little bit quieter. She, like, doesn't want to show that she's really interested. She's just very, as Elizabeth says, shy and modest. She's very, like, shy and modest. Um, So, yeah, and Lizzie, she's very, she's kind of, she's very, like, headstrong she's very um independent I guess I would say or she she doesn't want to just marry for money which most women or like a lot of women would settle for someone if they if they gave them a good life which like is not a bad thing but she just she just wanted to marry for love. She's not going to, like, settle for someone just because 
just like the first person that comes along and asks her. So, um, like, um, she, she kind of talks about like how men, like she doesn't really like the way like they speak. Like she's not, she can't like, she has no connection with men at this point. Um, and, uh, Jane says to her, she's like, one of these days, Lizzie, someone will catch your eye. Then you'll have to watch your tongue. She knew. She was like, okay, girl, one of these days, you're going to have to watch your tongue. And she will. So, Mr. Darcy walks in, you know, and he sees her on the, like, they're just walking down the middle, Mr. Darcy, um, and Mr. Bingley, and, um, Charlotte, not Charlotte, girl, see what I'm like, and Caroline, they're all walking down the middle, and he looks over to the side, and he sees Elizabeth look straight ahead, and he's, he's already, like, it's first sight, he was like, who is that? I wouldn't call it, like, I don't know if it was, like, love at first sight, but it kind of was, though, like, he kind of was just like, oh, hey, who, who's that? Um, and Lizzie, she, like, okay, so the first thing that Elizabeth says to Mr. Darcy is, do you dance, Mr. Darcy? Do you dance like... Why aren't you dancing? Because they're just kind of standing off on the on the end and like he's not dancing with anyone. And like this is kind of the point of coming to these things is to like dance with people and like meet people and things. And like it's kind of a place to be like meeting people that you could possibly be married to. And like your parents are there a lot of the time. And, like, it's a big deal. So, you, like, want to try to dance with people that you're interested in. So, she's like, do you dance? And he's like, not if I can help it. And she's like, okay. So, right. And so, she just walks off. Because she's like, okay, he's not going to, like, banter with me. Have anything to do with me. He's just kind of standoffish. She, he kind of comes across as rude. And so she walks off and you see his body language like change. He like kind of, his body kind of relaxes. He's kind of like, why did, why did I say that to her? And you can, and it doesn't have to be put into words. It's just, you can see it in his body language that he's like, what did I, okay. Why did I just say that to her? So, he he has no game. He's just very quiet, shy, standoffish. She thinks he's prideful, you know, rich, stuck-up guy. So, um, Lizzie is sitting, like at the party and she overhears Mr. Bingley talking about how beautiful Jane is like she's the most beautiful thing I've ever beheld and 
she's like, and then uh, Mr. Bingley says to Mr. Darcy, he's like, well, Elizabeth's also pretty agreeable. Like, what do you think? And he's like, she, he says that she's tolerable. Okay. So he's not, she overhears him saying that. And so she sees him soon after this at the party and she makes a comment to let him know that she heard what he was saying. She heard it and she's just, she, she has such a quick wit, such a quick just mind way of speaking like banter and he's like I can't keep up with this like I think he just he's very intrigued by it though but it's like she I aspire to like have that kind of quickness because she doesn't come across as rude or like a know-it-all she's just kind of like living her life honestly she's living it up and, like, okay, so through this whole movie, one of my favorite things is things being unspoken, but you can see it in their looks, the movements, their expressions, like, the tension. You can just feel it, and you know it's there, but it doesn't have to be, like, in your face spoken to you. And they treat the viewer as, like, you know what we're trying... You know what's happening here. We don't have to, like, explain it to you. So, this movie does that perfectly, and Matthew McFadden, who plays Mr. Darcy, does it, like, quite literally perfectly... And there are just so many moments of, like, little things that you see and you're like, wait, this is, this is what's happening here. Like, the way that he even, like, glances at her, like, you can feel the tension. You can feel it. I don't even know how to explain it, but you just have to, you know, see it. So, there was this video that I watched on YouTube that I got some, you know, information from. It's um, this girl named Abby Emmons, and she made a video called Why Everyone Loves Mr. Darcy, and it was a great video. Um, I had never seen any of her other videos, but I was like, I need to watch them. Um, And she just kind of talks about you know, why everyone loves Mr. Darcy and, like, goes through kind of parts of the movie. Um, of, like, why people love him. Like, the top comment on the video is, why does everyone love Mr. Darcy? He is a male character written by a female writer. And, like... (laughs) need I say more because like I would like to think that there are men out there like Mr. Darcy like I think we would all like to think that there are 
and like I hope there are maybe like people are like I found my Mr. Darcy but I'm like she was just written by or he was just written by a woman who I believe like never really had her own Mr. Darcy but she just wrote about it um and it's just like one of those things that you think about and you're like is this just absolute never this is a is this an unreachable standard and I still have the hope that it's not but like you know sometimes it's just like hmm. um so it's the night after the dance and um or it's the night of the dance but they've left and um Elizabeth and Jane are talking and they're saying like they're talking about you know Mr. Bingley how she's like oh I like Mr. Bingley Jane is telling Elizabeth oh I like this man like yeah I'm gonna marry this man and Elizabeth starts saying only the deepest love will persuade me into matrimony which is why I will end up an old maid. This is this was a really like controversial take especially in those days like this was not the mindset of a lot of people or like she was actually sticking with this because I think like or especially as you get older, like, you kind of stop thinking that way as much, and you're like, I'll just take it, you know, like, some people just are just like, okay, you like me, so, like, here we go, or you have money, so, like, here we go, and it could go for, like, anyone, I think, but, um, but Jane is telling her, she's like, I like him, okay, and so Jane gets a letter from Caroline, who's Mr. Bingley's sister, and she asks her to come dine with her, but Mr. Bingley is not going to be there. So, something, something's up, but um, her mother, who is like, she's a matchmaker. She is re- she's going to do anything it takes to get Jane and Mr. Bingley married she she already knows like I'm gonna get these two married so she's like you're gonna take horseback it's about to start storming you're gonna take horseback you're not taking a carriage she knows she's gonna have to stay the night she gets a cold she has to stay they have to take care of her Mr. Bingley is there, like, he comes back, you know, and she's, she has a cold, which is, like, a big deal then, so she's, like, in bed, you know, like, you know, they acted like, like, they were on their deathbed, you know, like, when they had a cold, it was, like, because it was, like, a bigger deal then, so it was all her mother's plan to get her to stay, so Elizabeth goes to Netherfield, which is Mr. Bingley's where they're staying. And Elizabeth goes to visit her. And Mr. Darcy is there. Caroline is there. Caroline, Mr. Bingley's sister. She is, she's a hater. She's a big hater. 
she has issues with the Bennets. She finds them embarrassing. Um, she doesn't really like. They're the Bennets are very like. very out there to them um they are they are just kind of embarrassing i would say like jane and elizabeth are kind of embarrassed by all of them and so caroline she doesn't want them to have any connection to their family and she doesn't want mr darcy to have any connection to their family so she's kind of like conspiring to keep them apart Excuse me. So, yeah, she's just a big old hater. I don't like her lot. And they don't really, like, talk about it much in the movie, but they get more in-depth about her reason, or, like, more about her in the book. Um, I definitely need to reread it, but, um, so... Also, the officers are coming into town, which is, like, a big... The girlies are, like... Especially Lydia, who is the younger sister. She's like, the officers are coming into town, like... And she does this thing. It's, like, so embarrassing for her. She's like, okay, if you drop your handkerchief, they have to go pick it up. And they have to be introduced to you. So she, like throws her handkerchief out to where these officers are marching down the street like you know very structured and none of them pick it up of course because like they're not just gonna stop and like go hand her her handkerchief and they just don't they don't reciprocate and she's like how rude of them but I'm like, girly, they're they're they gotta keep going. Like they have to keep going. So I think it's like definitely I was thinking about this like when I watched this again. And it's like your modern day like posting a selfie on your Instagram story, hoping that they'll like heart it, like hoping that they'll like it or hoping that they'll swipe up or something. It's definitely like that. It's like putting yourself out there so that they they seem like they're the one to like do something when in the first place you're slyly being like, hey, I'm wanting you to say something to me, but I'm not going to say something directly to you. So nothing really happens there for her. Sorry, Lydia. But so... I just wrote the pauses when you see Mr. Darcy looking at Lizzie and you can see the love in his eyes. It's really like, it's so subtle, but that's what makes it so, there are just so many moments. I can't even like talk about all of them because it's just something you have to see. It's like unexplainable, but you can just see in his eyes, the pauses. And it's also like the way that it's directed, of course, that the pauses are just long enough to where you're like, oh, he looked at her a second longer than if he was just not interested. Like, he's, this is, this is something here. And 
I think Caroline can kind of tell too. She's like a big, she's like, she looks positively medieval. Like, look at the hem of her dress. Look at her hair. Talking all of this about Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy, he like, he he's hearing all of these things from these people around him. Like, throughout it, like, all of these people are speaking so poorly about the Bennets and Elizabeth specifically and he in spite of that and maybe even like because of that in a way he doesn't care and he still like loves her very deeply most ardently so Elizabeth leaves Netherfield and so they're all walking out of Netherfe- Netherfield, and this is the part, this is the absolute shift. This is the shift. Um, it changed everything in cinema. And Lord, okay. So she's getting up in the carriage. She's saying goodbye to Mr. Bingley, Caroline, Mr. Darcy. She's like, bye. She's getting up in the carriage to leave. Mr. Darcy grabs her hand and helps her into the carriage. And the shock on her face. She's like, sir. And... As, and he immediately walks away. He looks at her for a second, then walks away. And his hand stretches. A close-up on his hand stretching from the electricity, the magic that just happened. So, and this was also such a big deal because skin-on-skin contact was very rare in those days like it was very rare for you to have skin on skin contact the most the most contact you would really ever have with the man I believe was when you were dancing which is why it was like a big place to like meet people but like outside of that there was really no touching between men and women there was really no (laughs) so it was it was a big deal. It was like a very big thing. Even though it was like such a it was like a two second thing, it shifted everything. Everything everything shifted right there. Like he he made the move to do that. He like I bet he he probably thought that out and he was like, I'm gonna do this. To, like, quietly show her that, you know, something's here. And I don't think anyone else saw it. Like, I like to think that she's the only one who noticed. No one else noticed. And that it was just a kind of a thing between them. So, and this has made me, like, I have to really reset my mind after I watch this because I'm like oh if someone helps me with anything like if someone helps me up like but no 
it was it's also like you have to think about like the context the time period everything like that but you know you have like in the back of my mind sometimes i'm like like oh they're in love with me no that's okay that's okay so uh, let's see and Lydia I just wrote down this one quote from Lydia she she is just off the rails I love her though she says and then there was one with great long lashes like a cow and this is her talking about one of the officers who had like beautiful eyelashes but she's like he had great long lashes like a cow but that was a compliment. That was a big compliment from her. So now we are introduced to Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins, he comes to eat with the Bennetts and he's their cousin. But in these days, it was very normal to like marry your cousin. So he's there basically looking for a wife. He's inheriting their estate. So He's, like, one of them needs to get married to him so that they can, like, keep everything is what I think I got from this. So, he's, like, all of the Bennets, other than their mom, because, like, she's so desperate for them to get married off that she doesn't even, like, see, she only sees, like, a man that one of my daughters could marry, but the rest of the Bennets kind of see him as a joke, and, like, he's very self-righteous. He's just kind of... He doesn't really have a real personality. He seems to, like, put on a personality to impress others. And he's not... Like, he just tries to say all of the right things. But then it comes off as really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, And he's kind of, like, creepy. He kind of gives, like, creepy creepy guy vibes um so he originally he wants to marry Jane but um Mrs. Bennett is like no she's gonna she's gonna marry Mr. Bingley like we already have this set up like no so she's like what about Elizabeth she's 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 open you know like she's the next in line you know whatever and um Mr. Collins calls her a very agreeable alternative which is like how romantic is that um so after this happens Lizzie is she meets Mr. Wickham who is an officer and you can see immediately she's like, oh, this is a attractive man. And they kind of have like, I guess you'd say they have a connection. He is kind of, she, she talks about this in her video, um, that YouTube video that I was talking about. But he's kind of the opposite of Mr. Darcy. So he's like smooth. He kind of says what she wants to hear. He's like really like extra nice with her sisters just like you know a smooth guy and 
But I knew, like, even when I, like, didn't know what was going to happen, like, his vibe was just off. Like, something about this man, he's, like, too smooth. He's just not, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the Mr. Darcy qualities. He's just too, like, it's just not, it's not working. But Elizabeth sees that they have, like, some kind of connection, you know, she, I'm sure she, like, finds him attractive, and because he's, like, a very, like, pretty man, I would say, and that's also another thing that kind of makes him the opposite of Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy is more of, like, a rugged, like, man, but this man is kind of, like, pretty, like, put together, you know, kind of man. So, she is with Mr. Wickham, and Mr. Darcy sees them together, and she sees, oh, these two know each other, because Mr. Darcy and Mr. Wickham are kind of giving each other looks, and they know each other, but not in a good way. So, Mr. Wickham, she kind of asks about it, and Mr. Wickham is like, if he, if he wants me to go, like, he has to go. Like, I'm not leaving. He must go. Not I. And this was when I was like, okay, something's up. So, Mr. Wickham tells Elizabeth that they grew up together. And he tells her that Darcy took what his father had left him when he died and gave it to another man because of jealousy. So, Mr. Wickham was supposed to get, he was, uh, supposed to get, um, sorry. He was supposed to get, um, I can't think of the word, but he was supposed to get something from his father, like, left to him. And, Because I think he said he wanted to be a clergyman and that he says that he took it from him. Mr. Darcy took it from him after his father died. It was Mr. Darcy's father and gave it to another man because he was jealous because his father liked Mr. Wickham better than his own son, Mr. Darcy. And so Elizabeth's like, how cruel, like, how could he do this? This man is what I thought he was. He is as bad as I thought he was. And she just dislikes him even more than she already did. So, the ball at Netherfield happens. Another ball. And Lizzie is hoping that Mr. Wickham is going to be there. But, of course, he never shows. Because he's not going to be in the same place as Mr. Darcy. Um, so, she's looking around for him. And there's this one part, it's one, it's one of the best parts, and I feel like it's an underrated part of this movie, because I missed it, like, the first times I watched this, like, especially when I was younger, like, I don't, I, I never picked up on this, but she's looking around for Mr. Wickham, she's like, oh, what is he? And you see Mr. Darcy, like, walking up behind her, and he sees her, and he walks off, and it's, like, so subtle but it's it I I can't do it I can't do it because 
you can just see that he is just, he's kind of like afraid of her because he's having these feelings that he just doesn't know what to do with. He is a very, I would just call him a shy guy. Like he's just shy and he just doesn't know how to deal with his feelings for her. So, um, Mr. Collins is there though. Yay, yay, Mr. Collins. And he asks Lizzie to dance. Um, So they dance. And it's something to behold. Like she, she, he's like speaking to her and she's not listening. She's like, I I can't with this man. But she could not like turn him down for a dance because that would be considered like very rude. So she was like, okay, I'll dance with this man. And he's like trying to talk to her, but she's just like, I can't do this. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to Mr. Collins. Um, and excuse me. So after this dance, okay. And so after this dance, um, Elizabeth is walking and she's like laughing. I'm sure it's like about dancing with Mr. Collins. She's like with her BFF Charlotte and she walks up to Mr. Darcy and this like the camera work on this like it was just okay. So she like walks up to him and it like it's like up to his chest. It's just I don't even know how to explain how like anyway. But she, like, is walking, and she's not really paying attention, and he's just standing there, and he's, like, firm, and he's, like, hey. And Mr. Darcy asks Elizabeth to dance. Okay. He asks her to dance, which is, like, a huge deal, because as he said earlier, he's, like, not fond of dancing. She says that... dancing with someone is like showing them that you love them like it's a it's a big thing like she wants to dance but he doesn't want to but he is doing it for her so he's listening to what she's saying there are moments where you see that he was listening to what she was saying and that's why he's doing the things that he's doing not necessarily because it's something like he necessarily like really wants to do so the scene of them dancing together um it's like most of it is one take and they're it's just their banter like you it's one of those scenes that like you just kind of have to you just kind of have to watch it they're dancing with each other and she's kind of talking about how she can't really figure out his character because she's hearing different things from different people um but what I noticed was that the people that were actually closest to him would only speak good things about him like Mr. Bingley um his other friend what was his friend's name um Fitzwilliam he like the people that were closest to him only spoke well of him it was only people that didn't really know him personally that would say anything bad about him so 
he's just a shy guy. He's just a shy guy. I will say that again and again. He's just shy. And a lot of the times that can come across as someone being like high and mighty, rude. He's just nervous around her. He's just nervous and shy. And it just comes across a different way. Um, and they're dancing with each other. And there's and it becomes where they're the only two in the room. And it because it feels like they're the only two in the room, like everyone else is gone. It's it's amazing. So they dance and she's still like not not she's still angry with Mr. Darcy because she's like, How could he have done that to Mr. Wickham? Like, he's just an awful guy. So, Mr. Collins comes up to Mr. Darcy, and he introduces himself, and it's, it's, I'm gonna say every single part is, like, one of my favorite parts, but this part, it's, like, just the way that they filmed it, he's so much shorter than him, and, like, he's so, like, insecure, and he's, like, Mr. Darcy, but he can't hear him, and then he finally, like, yells to him to introduce himself to Mr. Darcy, and he's just, like, who is this guy? And these are the two men, like, competing for, you know, Elizabeth. Even though, like, neither of them know that, like, the other one is competing for her, I guess. But, like, they had both danced with her that night. And just, like, the comparison of them two is funny. Because he's just so quiet. Mr. Darcy's so quiet and, like, soft-spoken. And then Mr. Collins is just saying whatever he's literally just saying whatever to try to impress people and of course Mr. Bingley is still as obsessed with Jane as ever and her mom like Mrs. Bennett she's going around at this party and she's like they're to be betrothed like they're gonna get married like any day now like they're gonna get engaged like she's telling people this like she's she's ready for this to happen and other people who don't really know Jane, like Charlotte, who is Elizabeth's best friend, she's kind of, like, not sure if Jane even likes Mr. Bingley because she's just observed them and she's kind of, like, you know, a little shyer and Mr. Bingley is outwardly, like, expressing that he is in love with this woman, like, he is gonna marry her. But Elizabeth, she's like, no, she she likes him. Like, because they've spoken about it in private. Like, she's she knows that she's, like, giddy about Mr. Bingley. So, she's... I'm probably going to run out of battery. Um. So, yeah, she just says, she's just shy and modest, but she she does like him and Charlotte's like she needs to snatch him up or it's not gonna happen like someone can only keep chasing someone for so long without any help and so the Bennets leave Netherfield they're leaving at like sunrise they're like they partied all night so they partied a lot back in the day so Mr. Collins, Mr. Collins proposes to Elizabeth. Yep, he does. 
at breakfast for some reason. He's like, this is the first thing I'm doing this morning is a proposal to Elizabeth. She, of course, rejects him like the queen she is. She's like, I don't love you. Mm-mm. No, you're a joke. And um, this was the scene that I was like, I have to recreate this because I dressed up as Elizabeth last or not last year but the year before for Halloween and I recreated this scene and then the scene with Lady Catherine but I was like I have to recreate like the proposal scene so like I memorized like all the lines from the scene and it's like she's like I'm not gonna make you happy you're not gonna make me happy let's not do this which was like a very I think that was not a normal thing to say in those days. Like, marrying for happiness was not really common. So, she was a queen for that, honestly. So, she rejects him. She gives up a nice life. Like, it would have been not, like, Mr. Darcy level at all. But, like, of money. But it would have been, like, you know, a nice life. And her mother is, she's, she's very upset. Um, and she's like, you better go back there and, and tell him that you're going to marry him. But her father, he's more like low key. Like he doesn't really, he's like, no, you don't need to marry this man. So her dad is like basically on her side. So... At this point, <laughs> Mr. Bingley, Caroline, and Mr. Darcy leave Netherfield. And they and they go. They said bye. And this is a big deal because, like, we thought that Jane and Mr. Bingley were going to get engaged. They just get up and leave. And... In these days, like, if someone leaves, like, you may never see them again. They don't know if they're ever going to see these people again. So, it's not like, oh, he just moved a little ways away. Like, it's whatever. No, they, like, move and it's like, in those days, it was like, okay, bye forever, I guess. So, Caroline is the one behind it. She doesn't want Mr. Bingley to marry Jane. She saw that they were probably going to get married. And she was like, this can't happen. So she takes him to get married to Mr. Darcy's sister. Now, so that's what, that's what she's up to. And at this time, Charlotte and Mr. Collins get engaged. Charlotte is Elizabeth's best friend. And she comes and tells her, she's like, okay, like, don't judge me, please. But we got it. We're, we're getting married. I'm marrying Mr. Collins. And Elizabeth is like, Girl, no, 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 no. She says, he's ridiculous. Like, how could you do this? But Charlotte, she, she's poor. She's, people have called her not handsome, you know. 
And she's in the mindset of, she says, not all of us can afford to be romantic. She's 27. She has no money, no prospects. 27 then was like, girly, like geriatric, you know, at that point. So she's like, okay, girl, like, but she's like, don't judge me. Don't judge me, Elizabeth. Like, we can't all, like, be in love with someone. She's like, I, this may be the only man that ever proposes to me or ever wants to marry me. So she's like, I can live a good life with him, you know. It's just, I think she was just kind of like, time is running out. So, honestly, Charlotte's a queen. I, I know that may be the unpopular opinion, but I think she just was like, I've got to, I've got to live a life. And like, when you see, like, they get married and Elizabeth goes to visit her and at their home and Charlotte kind of is like, oh, he won't bother us in here. She kind of has her own area. So she kind of stays away, but she's like, I love running my own home. I love, you know, everything about this except for Mr. Collins, you know? So like, she's, she's all right, you know? But I do kind of feel bad for her. Um, so they go visit Lady Catherine. And she's very stern. She's very just a stern woman. And it turns out that Lady Catherine is Darcy's aunt. So guess who's there? Mr. Darcy. <laughs> She, and I think Elizabeth was probably like, I may, I will never see this man again. But he's there and he sees Elizabeth and he's got that quizzical brow. I love it when he like puts up his one eyebrow and he's like, hello. So Lady Catherine, she kind of sees Elizabeth as unfit just in general, not only for Mr. Darcy, but like just in general, she's questioning her. This is the other scene that I recreated in that YouTube video. But she's questioning, like, everything about her and her family. And just, you can tell that she's not feeling it. But, and Mr. Darcy is sitting right there. And even though he's hearing all these things, like, he's hearing stuff from her, from, um from Caroline she's hearing things from all these people like about how awful their family is and how unfit they are yet he is still just I I love Elizabeth like I don't care I don't care what y'all say um so Lady Catherine makes Elizabeth play the piano for all of them even though she says she plays poorly so She's playing the piano and Mr. Darcy comes up to her and he basically tells her that he is shy. He's trying to be like, I wish I could like speak to you normally, but I'm shy. I'm socially awkward and I don't know how to talk to you. This is what he basically says. And she's like, you got to practice. Like, she's like, I don't like, okay, like practice like what am I supposed to do so she's um she's at Charlotte and Mr. Collins home and she 
and and she's just like chilling and mr darcy barges in she's there alone mr darcy comes in and he's like hey yay she's like have a seat like hey and he's just standing there and he doesn't know what to say and then he just and charlotte walks in and he's like oh i gotta go i gotta go this is so embarrassing and he leaves and charlotte's like what have you done what on earth have you done to poor mr darcy she's like i have no idea like what was that but he was practicing for her she told him to practice he was like okay i'm gonna come talk to you i'm gonna come at least attempt to talk to you so that's what he did for her so he listens to the things that she says and he's like okay i'm gonna do this i know this is what you want so i'm gonna do i'm gonna practice for you i'm gonna dance i'm gonna practice talking normally trying to talk to you more so later on like she meets colonel fitzwilliam who is one of darcy's friends i think there is just like one of his friends and um he tells elizabeth that he quote unquote saved mr bingley from marrying jane so this is another thing against mr darcy she's like this is an awful man but i still think below she's kind of like i do like there are feelings there but he's like but she's like look at all of this stuff that he's doing completely ruining everyone's lives around me so she hears this she has these two big offenses against mr darcy as to reasons why she could never marry this man she ruined jane's life base or he ruined jane's life basically and after this she's at okay the scene out in the rain like do i really need to say anything the proposal mr darcy's like i can't i can't i can't do this anymore will you marry me so they're like under this I don't under this thing you know out in the rain it's very dramatic I love how they chose to like I guess they chose to have it out in the rain it just added to the drama so he confesses his love for her he says these past months have been a torment I can bear it no longer and like he came to Rosings you know his aunt's only to see her so she thought it was just he happened to be there no he knew that she was there somehow and he was like i'm coming here only to see you um he tells her to end his agony he says end my agony i love you most ardently and he proposes she rejects him with so many words that I couldn't possibly, like, have come across, like, how dramatic this is. But she rejects him because of the things that he's done. Um, 
so it turns out that like but like mr darcy he, he didn't think that jane liked her like how charlotte said earlier like he thought that jane was not interested in him so he was basically just like looking out for mr bingley like keeping him from heartache so he was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna go. So, but when they've said all of these awful things to each other and they almost kiss at this point, they almost kiss. But Mr. Darcy's like, forgive me for taking so much of your time. And there's this one comment on that YouTube video because I think some people think, oh, he should have kissed her there. But this comment says, actually choosing not to kiss her earned my forever respect. He heard her say she didn't want him and he listened. He didn't try to force himself on her and make it a sexy, hot, angsty moment because it wasn't supposed to. He actually took her seriously and had the common sense. To know when a girl says no, she means no, unlike Mr. Collins. And then continued to try to be better for her, not to win her over, but just because he loved her. Which eventually won Lizzie over. So, I thought that was a good take on that. So, Mr. Darcy writes her a letter addressing his two offenses. So, with the Mr. Wickham situation, um, what actually happened was Mr. Wickham gambled away the money his father gave him and asked for more money, and then when Darcy said no, he severed all acquaintance with him. So, actually, Mr. Wickham is awful. So, um, also, Mr. Wickham tried to get his, get Mr. Darcy's sister when she was 15, to elope with him. Because, of course, she had money. So, and then when he heard that she was not, that he was not going to get the money, he left and left his, left Mr. Darcy's sister heartbroken. Absolutely not. So, with Mr. Bingley, he just thought she didn't love him like he did. Um, so that was why that happened. And I'm like, okay, like, makes sense. Makes sense. I get it. So I guess, it, I guess I'm kind of confused. Like, I guess, um, Caroline and Mr. Darcy were both like, let's go, let's go, um, when they left. So... So, at this point, Jane is, quote-unquote, over Mr. Bingley, but we all know she's not. Um, so, there's this one scene that is the most beautiful scene I've ever seen. I've ever seen. Um, Elizabeth is up on a cliff with her dress blowing in the wind. It's like, such as, with the music. And it, I remember that being on the DVD menu. For the DV Pride and Prejudice DVD. And I remember watching that and being like, wow, this is so beautiful. Like, why can't this be me? 
Um, so Elizabeth is with her aunt and uncle, and they visit Pemberley, which is Mr. Darcy's home. But he's not supposed to be home. Her aunt is like, these great men are never home. So you can just go, like, visit. Since these homes are, like, so extravagant, his home is, like, so nice. Like, you can just go visit it and just admire the beauty. So they pull up to his house. And it. she start, She like, sees it and she starts laughing. She's like, I could have had this. Like, this is, okay. Right. Okay. So, um, there's a bust of Mr. Darcy and she's just standing there staring at it. It's so beautiful. She's just like, I dare say he is handsome. He is handsome. She's just like, you can just see that she... Especially after hearing these things. Like, she's like, I was so wrong about him. Plus, he's handsome. Like, okay. And plus, I rejected him. Like, because most men, like, if they are not just absolutely in love with you, like, they're not going to propose twice. Like, she knows that. She's like, okay, I, I messed this up. So, um... Yeah, the girl mentioned in the YouTube video, she was like, she, uh, Elizabeth wouldn't have even had to see him. This home, like this, where he lives is so big. Like, if she had just said yes, even if she hated him, she wouldn't have even had to see Mr. Darcy. Um, but Mr. Darcy is there. He is at his home and his sister is there. She sees him through a crack in the door and he sees her and she runs off. She's so embarrassed. And Okay, let me change the the battery's like blinking, so I'm going to change the battery really quick. I'm back. So, she's at Pemberley, Darcy's home. And she sees him there. He's actually at home. <laughs> and she sees him. He sees her. She runs off. She's so embarrassed. I could, like, feel... It would be so embarrassing because, like, she... She's at his house, like, looking at how beautiful it is. And, like, she's basically, like, imagine someone coming to your house and, like, looking around it like a museum like that person it kind of puts them on like a different level than you like it kind of shows their financial difference and their different levels in class and everything and it kind of makes I've, it probably made her feel small and just really embarrassed especially after she had rejected him and you know it was just a super awkward situation for both of them, I'm sure. Um, but she, he's like, can I see you off? But she says, I'm very fond of walking. And he's like, 
Yeah, I, I know. Like, I know everything you've told me. Like, I've remembered it and I have kept it up here, girly. Like, I know everything that you've told me. So, I, I think she probably saw it as embarrassing, but he didn't see it as embarrassing for her. Like, I don't think he was like, oh, that's like embarrassing for her because he loves her so much and like he has these feelings for her that he's not thinking oh this is embarrassing for her he's probably just like I'm so glad I am seeing you right now like I'm just glad to see you um yeah it's just showing a difference in their fortune um and then as she's walking off it there's another close-up on his hand like why do we have to do this why do we have to do this? Like, it's too much. Um, so he comes and invites her aunt, her uncle, and her to dine with him. He's like, you're not getting away that easily. No, you're not going to be embarrassed around me. So when they, like, come to Pemberley and... You can tell that his mood has just, like, kind of shifted. He seems happy. Like, this is the first time we're seeing him really smile. He just seems to be a lot lighter. I think it's partly, like, he gets to introduce his sister to her. And Elizabeth's aunt and uncle are a lot less embarrassing. They get more into it in the book, but they're... A little bit less embarrassing or a lot less embarrassing than her family so I think Mr. Darcy feels more comfortable around them there's less pressure um and so he just likes the he likes that this is happening right now like everything's good that's happening right now and like he's told her you know everything's kind of out in the open now like the truth is out and his sister is so excited to meet her. She says she already feels like they're friends, um, which is really sweet. And he told his sister that Elizabeth plays the piano, like, really well, like, quite well. Which is funny because his sister is, like, amazing at the piano, like, amazing. And he's like, yeah, Elizabeth plays, like, really great, too, like y'all should play together, y'all should play a duet, because he probably doesn't see, like, he probably thinks everything she does is just amazing, so he doesn't see how, like, mediocre she is at the piano, so we're having this great time, it's, like, almost perfect at this point, and then what happens? Lydia runs away with Mr. Wickham. <laughs> now this is a big deal for many reasons like in today's age like that would just be like an elopement or whatever but there are so many different levels to this especially in this time period like Mr. Wickham he's an awful person first of all just the worst straight up liar just awful person Plus, running away with a man and not getting married, 
it like ruins your whole family. None of the other sisters will probably ever get married now. Like, it's awful. Like, once this gets out, their whole family is ruined forever. So, Elizabeth is distraught. She's crying. Like, Mr. Darcy is seeing her, like, sobbing, crying. And he's, like, so concerned for her. And so, eventually, Wickham agrees to marry Lydia for a hundred pounds a year. Which, even then, was, like, not much. So, we're all, like, someone must have paid him off. Like, someone must have paid him a big sum of money. And it turns out, Lydia accidentally tells Elizabeth that Darcy found them, paid for their wedding, paid for Wickham's commission... Paid for everything. Okay. And also, Mr. Bingley is returning to Netherfield. So, Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy come to their house and Mr. Bingley proposes to Jane. All with Mr. Darcy's help. And she says yes, of course, because she said she was over him, but that was not the case. That was not the case, Jane. We all see through it. We all saw through it. Um, so, um, so, at this point, it was like before Mr. Bingley was going to propose to Jane. And Elizabeth almost tells Jane, like, she's like, I've been so blind. Like, Mr. Darcy is actually the best man on this earth, like, for me. And because at this point, everyone thinks that they loathe each other. And she didn't tell anyone that he proposed to her. Like, this is, she didn't tell anyone, like... I guess he didn't tell anyone. So, it was all, like, a secret. So, at this point, everyone thinks they, like, hate each other. So, Lady Catherine, girl, she comes to the Bennet home and she tells Elizabeth to promise not to marry Darcy because she got word that he, that they were going to get married. Okay. But she's like, this cannot happen with your family. No, it's not happening. And she was like, I promise. I promise it'll never happen. Okay, like, whatever. Just leave me alone. She's like, you have, you've embarrassed me enough. You've just, like, insulted me to the point to where I'm just gonna be like, okay, I'm not gonna marry him, whatever. So... Elizabeth, she just can't sleep. She's thinking. She's having all these different thoughts and feelings. And she can't sleep. So she walks outside. It's dawn. It's like not even fully light outside. And she goes outside. She looks to her left. Mr. Darcy is walking to her the music is building he's walking in the in the 
in the in the mist of the morning in the fog and yeah he's just walking up to her and it's like a long take and it just shows him just walking and I'm just like wow this is it and he comes up to her and they're both like I couldn't sleep they just couldn't sleep and he tells her that everything he's done up to this point it was all for her and he's basic he basically says you know if your feelings have changed please let me know but if they haven't just it'll silence me forever if you say no again I will leave you alone but if your feelings have changed here's another chance oh he says you have bewitched me body and soul and I love I love I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. Now, now, sir. (laughs) So that's how he proposes to her. And her response, she doesn't, she's not like, yes, yes. She walks up to him, kisses his hand and says, well then, your hands are cold. And he knows that that means... Yes. (laughs) I just love when it's not just right, like, up in your face, full on. Like, will you marry me? Yes. No, we're having you bewitched me. I never wish to be parted from you. Like, end my agony. Like, I love that. So, (laughs) because it's super realistic, you know? No, it's just romantic, okay? So, they're basically, you know, the proposal happened. She says yes. They don't even kiss here either. They touch foreheads. The sun is shining in between their heads. And they just touch foreheads. So, they come back to her house and they he asks her father for permission And as this is happening, like, you know, the whole family's up there like, what is going on? We were all so wrong about how they felt about each other. Like, what is this? Um, And so she, even her father, he's like, what, what's going on here? Like, I thought you hated this man. What's going on? And he's also like, I thought he was an awful person. Like, why would you want to marry someone like this? So, at this point, she's like, I have to tell him everything that he's done. And he, her father is like, I have to pay him back. Like, this is too much. And she's just like, no, he he doesn't want anyone to know. He just did it, you know, because he is absolutely in love with me. So, you know, um... So they get married, you know, and it skips to, okay, so that was, you know, the end of the movie. But there's an ending scene that is only, like, I don't think it's in the original version, but it was in the version um, 
on Prime and like on the DVD. It's like an, the extra scene. And I'm like, the movie is not complete without this scene where they're at his estate, you know, they're together, they're married, and it's the whole, what do you want me to call you? Like, what what are we supposed to call each other? And she's like, call me Miss, Mrs. Darcy. And he calls, he says Mrs. Darcy, he calls her Mrs. Darcy, he's like kissing all over her face, and then they kiss, the movie ends. <laughs> Has me blushing. Like, so much blushing. Like, I can't. I can't. It's so, it's literally the perfect movie. And it's, it's just amazing. Like, if you haven't seen this, you have to see it. You have to. So, let's see here. So, yeah, that's 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 Pride and Prejudice for you. This was a long podcast. This was a long one, but I wanted to do it justice and, like, get really deep into it. But I think why people love this movie so much and the book is that it's... It's like, it's like enemies to lovers is like a trope, but this was done so well and this is what women want from a man. They don't want, like, they want you to listen to what they're saying and then act accordingly. They don't want you to say things and not do them. Like, it, it is a man written by a woman. Jane Austen, like, she knew. And, yeah, I guess it just, like, kind of is what we want. And don't know if it's, like, real, you know? But, like... We want some type of version of that. I think everyone, like, wants some kind of version of that. Where you're not just like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, I love you so much. I love you. Like, yay. Like, mm, I love you so much. And then you don't show it. He was silent. And he let his actions do the speaking for him. And he didn't feel like... Even if he did those things and she still rejected him, he did it only because he loved her and not because he expected anything in return, which is very Mr. Darcy of him. So, um, I watched this on Prime and you know how they have those like, little x-ray things like behind the scenes, um... Like, little trivia things, little fun things. I thought we'd end on some of those that I saw that I thought were interesting. So, director Joe Wright specifically instructed Kira Knightley never to pout throughout the whole movie. There is, however, one scene in where she does, but that scene was shot by the second unit without Wright present. According to Knightley, Right, still complains when watching this movie over her breaking this pout ban. 
So I saw that and I was like looking for it, but I didn't really know. There was one scene where I was like, maybe that's it, but it's not noticeable. So I thought that was funny. A pout ban. So this says the frequent close-ups of Matthew McFadden's hand are a reference to the fact that the ultimate goal of the Bennett sisters is a wealthy man's hand in marriage and a excuse me a foreshadowing of the fact that Elizabeth does in fact excuse me oh my <laughs> when Mr. Darcy's hand um let's see oh this one was funny um uh, Mr. Darcy Matthew McFadden has very poor eyesight in the misty morning shot you know at the end Director Joe Wright was behind the camera waving a red flag so McFadden knew where to walk. So, like, in the movie, you're picturing him just walking up to her and it being super romantic, but the director's, like, waving a flag behind it in reality. That was kind of funny. Okay, so I I never knew this, and I was, I was shook. So... Rosamund Pike and Simon Woods, who played Jane and Mr. Bingley, they were exes when the movie was filmed. They dated for two years while they were at Oxford together. And Rosamund went on a date with the movie's director, went on to date the movie's director, Joe Wright, and they broke off their engagement in 2008. I didn't know any of that. So they were exes when it was filmed. And I think they asked Rosamund, they were like, is this okay if, like, he's in this movie? And she was like, yeah, like, I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, that'll be fine. Which I thought was cool because he was perfect as Mr. Ringley. Um, let's see. Matthew McFadden. He hadn't read Pride and Prejudice before shooting the film adaptation. Instead, he based the character of Mr. Darcy on the script, which I thought was interesting because he does it so perfectly, and I wonder if he had read the book, he would have thought too much into it, or he would have seen it a different way, and it may have made an entirely different movie. So we'll say thank you to Matthew for not reading Pride and Prejudice. Um... Okay, so this is the last little fact. Director Joe Wright was not initially keen on Kira Knightley playing Elizabeth, believing her to be too attractive. He changed his mind upon meeting her, deciding her tomboyish attitude would be perfect for the part. Or, as she tells it to the Graham Norton show, he initially thought I was too pretty, but then he met me and he said, oh no, you're fine. Which is funny. So... Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Like, really. Yeah. But she is beautiful and perfect for the part. They were both perfect. I think casting is like... There are so many important parts to movies, but casting is like one of the biggest things. And I always wonder how... Like, casting directors, they have to see some kind of vision... For, like how they're going to be because I've seen auditions and 
even the people that got the part that I think are perfect for the part, like, you don't really see it until you see the final product. So they have to, like, see in the future, they have to see, like, when they have this hair, when they have this outfit, like, they're going to be perfect. But, like, when they audition, they may look completely different. They may do it a completely different way. But they see that little thing in them and they're like, oh, yes, they're perfect. I think that way for, like, um, The Notebook, too. Like, when I saw the auditions for The Notebook, I was like, how did they, like, know that these were the people? It's just interesting. So, thank you to the casting directors. Thank you. Thank you for making the perfect movie. So, yes, that was Proud and Prejudice. (sighs) Sorry if I got, like, way too into that. But this is, like, this movie has me just... And um, I'm about to read... Well, I don't know when I'm going to read it. Persuasion, which is another Jane Austen book and I heard that the show was not is it a show or a movie see I don't even know I heard that it wasn't that great and I'm like I'm just I think I'm putting off reading it so then I have to put off reading watching it um, because I want to have this like perfect view of everything Jane Austen so we'll see We'll see how that goes. Maybe it's good. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll like be different and like it, you know. But anyway, thank you for listening. And yeah, this was a long one. But thanks for listening and sticking around. And I'll see you next time on Buttered Popcorn. Bye. Bye.